Hello, everyone. Greetings, friends. This is Literally Disturbed. Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Yep. That's why we're here. Um, my name's Katie. Oh, I'm Brittany. And this each, is our podcast. Yeah, each week we talk about stuff and things. And we have friends that actually listen to us sometimes. So sometimes. if you want to be our friend, you can come back next week and listen too. Yeah, that'd be cool. We like friends here. Sometimes. It's not just you're a friend and not like a foe. Like a, you know, what's a friend of me? A phone to me? I don't know. Don't be fake. Be our real friend. We like friends. <laughs> just kidding. Just I don't know. <laughs> Stupid. It's real dumb. <laughs> hey guys. Hi. <laughs> How's it going this week? So I have a funny little story, right? Okay. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So for those of you that you don't know, my youngest, she just turned six. Two days ago, tear in my eye because she's my baby and she's growing up. Mm-hmm. But anyways, she's super cute and she's always doing, like, she's she's just hilarious, okay? This kid does stuff without even trying to be funny and it's just funny. Mm-hmm. So the other day, she, she's telling me, okay, she's like, hey, mom, who I am? Who am I? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act this out for you and I know you can't see us, but I want, based on your impression of what I'm doing... Hopefully you understand where my thought was going. Okay, so okay. so she goes, "Who am I?" So like, what is this? Like, what do you think when you see this? She's painting. Oh, and no, oh, I forgot. She has a screwdriver in her hand, so she's going like this. Okay. Bob the Builder. Okay, now my thought was in what she was doing was she looked like she was like I thought she was being Hermione Granger that was my first thought because she was like looked like she was like trying to cast a spell or something with the wand okay okay so I was like Hermione Granger and she's like no I was like uh Luna Lovegood no I was like Harry Potter no so I go through she's like mom no one from Harry Potter I was like okay so are you like a conductor orchestrating music or something she's like no, she's like, you know that guy who writes on the board, like... Bob Ross? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good guess, though. Um, but she's like, you know that guy, he writes on the board, and he's, like, really smart and has those glasses, and then, like, eventually he gets this bad disease and he can't walk anymore? House? No. That's funny that you think that, though, but no. Um, um, wait, no, the uh-huh. smart guy uh-huh, with, uh-huh. um, ah, ah, what's his name? He's like in a wheelchair and yeah. he has a little computer mm-hmm. that he talks Stephen to. Hawking. Yes. Yeah. She was being Stephen Hawking. By, by waving around a screwdriver, he like, wrote, he's because, writing Because he's board. writing on the board. Did they watch like, his movie or something? Well, that's what, like, this was probably, I don't know, it was a while ago, a while ago to where it wasn't in, fresh in my brain. Okay. You know? But we did watch it, and I think she just really liked that movie so much, and she was just fascinated by him. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. I thought that, like, that was the last like thing in the world I thought. Six-year-old. Six-year-old, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I just thought that was, that was a little that was funny. funny. She was Stephen Hawking. <laughs> At least just, that's how she reenacted him and not, like, in an inappropriate well, and I almost like part of me thought that this was going to lead to I want to be him for Halloween. Oh. And then I was like, we're in 2021 and we can't get away with that anymore. Like maybe 10 no. years ago, you could pretend to be in a wheelchair, but this is not a PC no. world anymore. 
or is a very PC. Yeah. And that's not a PC thing. (laughs) So I'm glad that it didn't lead to that. But I had like a strike of fear for a moment. I was like, oh, God, if she really likes him, that would be a great like role model. Yes, totally. But it's like, how do you explain that to a six year old that that you can't appropriate? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad so, that that's how it turned yeah. out. Yeah. But it was really cute. I thought that was funny. I was like, oh, <laughs> she likes smart people. <laughs> it was cute. That but was really, cute. of course, my freaking brain goes straight to Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, mom. No one from no, Harry Potter. No. That's funny. She loves Harry Potter, but not as much as we do. Yeah. She, she'll she understand it one day. Yeah. Sophie is finally starting to read the books. And it's hilarious because... She's seen all the movies naturally because we're yeah. super big. I mean, I'm you guys, when I say I'm a Harry Potter nerd, I'm telling you, like, I hummed the theme song to my child, all of my children as their lullaby. Oh, that's like, what as I do. I'm pregnant with them, that's I would, what I've like, been doing to when Calvin. I would, when I would walk, that's cute. When I would walk, do my walks back and forth, you know, rocking mm-hmm. the belly and prepare, and I literally would just hum, just hum the theme song. So the that's whole what, time. whenever I used to get really stressed out at work, I would just put on the soundtrack. And it is the most calming, relaxing, just, just like, music. and it's just like home. Like, it's just yeah. like that. As soon as you hear that sound, it's like, oh, but Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is also like my comfort movie. Like if mm-hmm. I could pick one movie to see for the rest of my life and it could only be one movie, it would be that one. Yeah. I know that's silly, but. So one year we thought we were so cool. So our, I don't know how he necessarily got this, but our uncle, I won't say his name because this is illegal, <laughs> but he went to Mexico. Oh, yeah. And brought us, this was before the movie had come out. Mm -hmm. So it had not been released in theaters yet, because that's when you actually had to watch movies back then was in theaters. (laughs) Um, We don't have the home, I guess the home theater now, like we do now. Yeah, like streaming and and stuff and everything. This was Um, not a thing. This was back when VHS was still around, guys. (laughs) And he went to Mexico and got us the Prisoner of Azkaban Mm -hmm. movie. And it like we got it weeks before it came out, and we thought we were so cool, <laughs> and we got to watch this bootleg version of it Harry was Potter. So bad though, like it was such a bad quality. <laughs> it was so, but cute, it was though, cool to be able, yeah. That. And he knew what we were. He was like, he was our uncle, but he was like the cool. It was it was like more um, than just an uncle. Like he actually you know cared. I mean? Yeah. Like he thought about. Like he never got to have kids of his own, so it was like. Yeah, we were like his surrogate children yeah. that he just adored and would babysit us all the time. Yes, I love you, Uncle B. Anyways, yes, we we do love you. Not, not that, that you listen, listen to, to us, us, but that's okay. <laughs> all right, let's get into our show. Yes, I feel like it's like the iCarly show we just have like a bunch of random shit we just do you know what and I think sometimes that's a good thing because we gotta change our podcast you don't know first of all it is our podcast and we do how we do we do it how we do yeah whatever that means okay whatever that is that's what you get I love how we get so defensive, but nobody's ever been mean to us. <laughs> Except I for that one guy that said yeah. literally annoying. Yeah, we still have, um, you can't tell we still have a grudge on that. Um, but <laughs> just a little one. I think it's just like for the future people that are mean to us. Because we know it's going to come. We got a little, we got a little taste of that. We had a little bit of stuff go viral not too long ago and a particular post reached Several million people. Yeah, which and is still hitting. Like, I still it's get all thousands. the time. I literally get thousands of Instagram yes. notifications a day. Every day. And yeah. it's so annoying. I don't even uh, look at it. No, I just don't. Like, it's not I don't annoying. mean it. it's just, it's, it's not just, annoying. It's just 
especially when you have to go and delete certain shit because people are really stupid and say stupid, stupid things that make no sense whatsoever. And I actually had to turn off comments for this particular post on Facebook because I was tired of monitoring it, just deleting dumb comments. But yeah, we got a little taste of, and luckily this, these comments weren't directed towards us. It was towards something we shared, but yes, but still it was enough to where it's like, Oh, people are mean. People are mean. You don't have to be nice to say, don't say it. Or just go somewhere else and say it. Like, I, I, you don't have, like, we didn't write, or we didn't make we're the We're just video. sharing information, friends. All right, mm-hmm. let's get into the story. Yeah, that's <laughs> Let's get off our Let's get off box. our little <laughs> no reason at all having soapbox. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so this is the unsolved murder of Nanette Kintel. Oh, okay. And so my sources are NOLA.com, The Murder Squad, post and people.com. So this is in New Orleans? Yeah. Which is funny because I didn't know that NOLA was short for New Orleans or New Orleans when we went. Oh. And people kept saying, oh, you're going to NOLA. Y'all need to like, yeah, NOLA's so fun. And I thought it was like a nightclub or something. Oh, that's funny. And I. It didn't click until we got there. And, and it's I was on like, everything. New Orleans. That's funny though. It's like I knew that that was a saying. But I didn't realize, like, how much of a saying it was. Like, yeah. I didn't realize how, like, it's, I was just, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't even know how to describe what, but I just feel like I didn't realize it was used that excessively. Yeah, it just sounds like a nightclub to me. It does. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so, so Nanette was a retired preschool teacher and her husband Steve was a fire chief. So remember that. Oh, okay. Um, they had been together for over 22 years. Mm-hmm. They lived in, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but Lacombe, Louisiana. I'm sorry. I feel like it's probably Lacombe or something because they're like Cajun. So it's like a yeah. French twang. Lacombe. I don't know. I no, it's, uh, it's like Lacombe. <clears throat> there wasn't Lacombe? like a little uh, thingy above anything. So, so we don't accentuate anything. No, it's just, it just says Lacombe. But it's I'm just a normal person word. Anyways, it's that place. In Louisiana, <laughs> which is about 50 miles northeast of New Orleans. Okay. They lived in this really big house on about 100 acres of land, or anchors, if you're Sophie. <laughs> yeah, we had that conversation today. That was funny. Uh, she told Brittany that she wants to live on an one anchor of land. <laughs> and then we're like, what? Or Brittany was like, what? You mean acre? She's like, yeah, the same thing. No. And not only that, I had to explain to her how very little land an acre is. <laughs> She's like, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, it had nine surveillance cameras on the property and about 30 guns. Oh, so this was like recent. For some reason in my head, I thought this was an old story. No. So this is like 2017. Oh, Okay. So, yeah, it's recent. So, on Friday, uh, July 14, 2017, the couple started their day like normal. Okay. Nanette laid out Steve's clothes and made him a peanut butter sandwich and then walked him outside at around 7.45 a.m. so that he'd go to work. What a nice wife. Well, I think she was retired, so it was just kind of like their... Their little routine that yeah. they, they have. That keep would be it, nice. Keep it That's sweet. Cute. So, once Steve um, at around 9 a.m. Oh. So, once Steve left... And about around 9 a.m., she then grabbed her little chihuahua named Harley, and the two of them headed to McDonald's for some breakfast in her Mercedes. Mm-hmm. 
So Steve was on his way to the fire station, and on his way there, he called his mother to check in on her, and then after, he called Nanette to let her know how his mom was doing, and the conversation ended when he arrived to work. Okay. So Nanette arrived back home at around a 9, about around 9, 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. At 10.30, she called Kmart to refill her prescription. Then at 1.30 p.m., she placed a call from her cell phone. After that, there was no more contact. Around 2.30 p.m., a 911 call was placed to report a fire. Oh, shit. A neighbor's kid was out riding their bike when they saw the flames coming from the Kintel's house. And the fire department rushed over. So and her husband's a fire person. He's the fire chief. Of oh, shoes. Okay, so this is uh, so this is some conspiracy. Some you'll Someone see. got mad. You'll see. It's 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 unsolved. That's why I was like the unsolved murders of. Oh, Nanette. that's right. So we don't know. So, but you can kind of make your own assumptions. Well, I have two thoughts, like two paths of thought. I have here, like either he did it or someone got pissed off at him, and they're like retaliating by using his own mm-hmm. thing he does you'll in see. life. You'll okay, see. all right. So too early. It's too early, Brittany. Quit yes. getting ahead of yourself. But they are good theories. It's okay to have theories, and then <laughs> we'll see where, which theory you still Might stick be with. right on. Okay. <laughs> so the fire department tried to save the house, but once the fire was put out, the entire house was reduced to nothing but ash. So the whole oh, giant shit. house. So somebody knew how to burn that house down. Yeah, you'll see. So her, uh, Nanette's remains were found in the master bedroom. Her body was on the floor lying face up. She was burned beyond recognition, obviously, and this is sad. Even, I I hate to say (laughs) that because I know Nanette dying is sad, but her two cats and her little dog named Harley were also killed in the fire, and the dog Harley was found next to Nanette. I feel like that would be Molly and me. So they were just like, Together, burned alive next to each other. I don't like that at all. Mm -hmm. That makes me really sad. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, I'm sorry, too, that we have to hear it from you. (laughs) (laughs) So, as the fire fire investigators made their way through the home to inspect the damage, it was clear that the fire was set intentionally. Clearly. Because, like, like, there's no way a giant-ass house would burn to complete rubble without it being... Because even that big mansion that caught on fire not mm-hmm. too long ago, like, you guys, this was bananas. There was, a, like, Katie, Katie's doesn't, we, they don't live in a mansion here, but there's mansions nearby where they live. So we, you know, those cookie cutter communities yeah. in Texas. Okay, I'm sure they have them other places too. But this one was a cookie cutter community of giant ass mansions. Like huge castle looking things. And we live right by it. And it was on fire one night. I think it was um, lightning strike. Lightning, lightning struck, struck it, it, and we could smell it. It smelled uh-huh. like 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 wires were burning. Yeah. And we were like, we thought something was wrong with the garage. We yeah. were like panicking. And then finally, we see the smoke. And of course, me and my nosy butt, I got to go check she it out went and looked at it. So I did, and that house like got struck by lightning. And yes, it burnt a good portion of that house down, but there was still house. A left, lot of house you know? left. Yeah. So the, the fact that this whole house burnt completely Clearly down and was it was a, a big-ass yeah. house. Yeah. There's Some, something happened. Yeah. So, um, you know, they made it clear that it was set intentionally. The living room where the couple's digital recorder was set up for their surveillance. Remember I said there was nine surveillance mm-hmm. like cameras oh, around? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had been doused with an accelerant, so probably right. gas. Yeah. The master bedroom where Nanette was found also showed signs of 
an accelerant, so gas. Um, the left This left investigators to conclude that there were at least two points of origin for the fire. And the fire was then ruled arson. So at the first... So at first, the investigators thought it might have been suicide. Yeah, because that's what I'm trying to figure out, like, because clearly when he left for work, she was fine. She was fine. And and she was, was at fine. work. He went to his, she went through her normal routine, yeah. everything. They have surveillance of her at McDonald's. Like, they know that he was at so, work right. and she was out about and there was actual records of her having contact. So maybe it happened when she was out of the house. Because I'm just trying to figure out how they doused all of this with alcohol or with whatever accelerant that they use. Oh, now alcohol, I don't know why I said that. But You'll see. how are they going to, without, and what is she doing through this whole time? Like what, mm-hmm. okay, I'm sorry. I'm no, just, you're fine. You know how my no. brain is. I'm like, what is going on here? So do you think she died in the fire? I just want to know, like, do you, that's your theory. I'm about to get to it, but do you think she died in that fire? Well, you said so that I feel her, like if it was suicide, that would be a horrible way to kill yourself. Oh, I definitely don't think this was self-inflicted at all. Like, yeah. I don't believe that for even a second. Because why would she go get her prescription refilled and yeah. like, all these little things? Why would that, she hurt and the her dog? dog? Yeah, like and you are a dog mommy. You don't know. That's not. Yeah. No, you're not going to kill your animals with you. So there. Um. So like I said, the the investigators thought it might have been a suicide, but the because of course they've got a they've got a check off Roll everything. everything yeah the coroner did not agree there was no sign of smoke damage in her lungs so meaning that she, so she was, was not killed alive before she went before the fire yeah happened. so but there was a bullet that was found in her right temple That's and there was no exit wound oh. it left the bullet outside the body obviously because her body burned and right. so it was just kind of there in the ashes um, so they had the evidence of what the, luckily they had what the bullet was. Cause right. if it would have had an exit wound and went somewhere else, who knows what they probably would have never had any sort of. Yeah. And so now the death has been ruled a homicide. So that is even more sad about the dog though. Yeah. I was probably like trying to like, like it's mommy, 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 mommy okay, fire and we're not, dying know, and okay. you're not doing Don't anything, that, mommy. Okay. Oh. Let's not put that in my head. I'm sorry. We, we're supposed to disturb you guys. <laughs> I like, know. <laughs> if I'm not disturbing you by that, I don't know what it is. It is really sad. Okay. So according to law enforcement, a uh, source who spoke with HuffPost, this was because investigators disagreed with the coroner's rulings of the homicide and Nanette's um, death. So this was a, um, a or this was a quote from them. A handgun was found next to her body, and it appears the bullet entered here. The source said, placing a finger below and to the left of the reporter's right temple. The bullet did not exit the skull; it lodged in the soft tissue. But the fire was so intense that the ballistic test could not be performed on the handgun, obviously because it was right. unusable. Yeah, the caliber of the bullet. Authority says matches the gun that was found next to the body, and they didn't elaborate. So the question is, who did it? Who done it, y'all? So as police began Sorry. to, Im- <laughs> <laughs> so as police invest began to investigate, suspicion quickly focused on Steve, the husband. Okay. So, um, because I mean, you always got to start with the husband. As sad as it is, uh-huh. even it doesn't matter if. I mean, honestly, I feel like especially if you're a pillar of the community, you should check the husband out. Yeah, well, he... We know from previous history. So the reason why focus was on him mm-hmm. was because he admitted to cheating on his wife with a colleague. Oh. Oh. Yeah. A colleague, eh? 
So investigators say Steve has been ruled out as a suspect at this time, and police confirmed that at the time of Nanette's death, Steve was at the fire station. So he did not physically have anything to do with it. Physically. Physically. That we know of. Right. He also asked for and passed a polygraph test. Okay. Which, well, that, I mean, the fact that he asked for it, that's a good sign. Yeah. So Nanette's family says that she was considering ending her marriage, but Steve maintains that the couple had worked through it. More than a year after Nanette's death, Steve resigned from the fire department after an internal review found that he had had that he had, had improper relations with two female employees and allegedly took air conditioning units from ambulances. What? I don't know. Okay, this is just a super fucking weird thing. <laughs> like So What's um, your kink? Oh, I sell ACs from ambulances yeah. and cheat on my wife. At so, the same time. I'm just I just couldn't imagine you. Okay. So you're at your job and obviously cheating's bad. I don't yeah, agree with that. I mean, but that's but with that two happens. people, how, the drama. Like, but you one's know how men get bored. Enough. Especially after 20 something years of being married, he's just like, you probably I, want some drama. I know, but like two some little dicky females drama. at your work. Like, that's, and you're <clears> the chief. Like, that's yeah, a little he's power. Chief daddy. Ew. He's, he's, yeah. Chief daddy. That's So, you know, buddy. they're not just sliding up and down that fire hey, pole. No, ma'am. <laughs> they got other poles to go up and down, okay? Uh, Brittany. I mean, you know. What? They get bored. They're waiting for fires. Fires don't happen all the time. What they're are you going to give a lot of women that have firefighter husbands? Oh, I'm like, sorry. Bad I'm right sorry. Now. I'm totally just fucking with her right now, you guys. <laughs> this is part of what we do here. But it's funny because we know firefighters that do bad things. So um, it just kind of, that's what does, I picture. Listen, I think that firemen are wonderful. And I have met some really amazing firemen. But I've also grown up with some people who turned into <laughs> firemen and... I know they're a little horror. We know. We know. A, I'm, they don't listen. I'm, no, I'm not going to say too much. No. Because there's don't. people that might listen. Yeah. But they could put two and two together. Yeah. So. Um, if you know, you know. Okay. And just, yeah. You know. Whatever. Anyways. So. <laughs> so Steve believes that whoever killed his wife may have been lying in wait for her to return home from McDonald's. I think that okay, they that were. I think that they were in there when she got there. He says all she was doing was just running up the street and coming right back. I think that she was gone for a total of thirty minutes. I have suspected every person in our life or people we knew on a peripheral of our life, and I have to trust that the police, by investigating them and eliminating them, that they know their job. Steve says. So it's down to the individual that did it. Is probably going to be somebody that I'm not thinking of. <clears throat> okay, so let me ask you this. How old is he right now? Uh, Do you know his age or no, their approximate no. age? I mean, they were together for like 22 years. So I'm sure they're like in their 40s late or 40s, 50s. 50s. So my thinking is he's probably going through a midlife crisis, right? And you know how men are. They'll go cheat or they'll go buy some stupid car or whatever the hell they decide to do to destruct their lives. And then once they realize, okay, this is stupid, they go back to their wives and their normal life and... That's very well what happened here. Yeah. You know, he and very, she probably, she was retired, so she probably was like, I don't really want to have to go get another job or no, something. No, I like, wouldn't want to. I'm just comfortable with her right. life. Like, just I'm don't not do like it again. saying that's what happened and to reduce her to being like, you know, 
having to be dependent on but it's very understandable to not want to start your entire life over when you built a life with this man over him being stupid for a little bit you know yeah if if that was the case and if they were reconciling and he realized his mistakes and that's a possibility yeah i like and if he's got two girls uh-huh dingle dangin whatever <laughs> I, I mean that's yeah. you know girls are crazy yeah we remember what what was that girl's name something stephanie lazarus or whatever her yeah. name is that cop girl that went cuckoo for cocoa puffs yeah you know i mean sh- girls girls be cray but quince or like surprisingly those two girls weren't like part of the suspect list they weren't even thought to be included. Well, I'm going to get into the rest of the story and you'll see. Oh, why. I'm sorry. I, I we haven't that. even touched I've... any of the suspects. Oh. Other than the, the chief the daddy. Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he says oh. Steve says, I have a feeling it's got to be someone that we know either directly or indirectly, he says. So the couple had an alarm system, but it was usually only turned on at night and when they were in bed. Nanette most most likely wouldn't have turned it on while she was at home during the day, Steve says. Right. So you wouldn't think if you're in a nice neighborhood and nothing ever happens, you need to be that vigilant, you know? Yeah. So this is an interview with True True Crime Daily. Mm-hmm. And looking at the format now, I kind of regret how I did this. So I'm sorry because so I'm sorry. So it's a lot of like. The actual interview or the person will ask a question and it's their response but it does have a lot of information so that's why I think I did it I did this story like weeks ago so I'm sorry <laughs> so okay the interview with true crime daily so 17 days before she was shot to death and her house was burned to the ground Nanette emailed her father an image of a mystery man lurking outside her front gate Oh. And she did, there is an actual picture of this and uh-huh. it's like a guy going through like the trash or something ew she said she was being followed, said Dan Watson. She also said that she found a knife and a cigarette butt on the property. And she said somebody has come to the property. Like, they actually came in. Oh, that's not cool. Oh, and they couldn't look at any of... Because that was one of, like, the main interview... Like, one of the main points of the investigation was, like, oh, they have all of these um, security cameras. So we can go look at yeah, the tapes so and stuff. Yeah, but remember how I said they doused the whole... Oh, so it was all gone. Yeah, so they had no... like they, they, could, they could have had the killer if they would have seen what was on those tapes. But they purposely so knew, somebody knew where... they had those cameras. And they knew exactly where they kept the recordings of it. So they had enough... So it had to have been someone they knew. Because they only yeah. had a short window if they were already in the house waiting for her. Right. So they had to have known exactly where that was and doused it and got rid of it. Because it was... Those two points was in the room where she was killed and then that. And it was like, in, you know, it was yeah. a big house. Right. They wouldn't have had much time to go looking for it. They no. should have already known where it's at. So anyways, that's just a little thought out there. Okay. So um, she said someone had come onto the property. So in her email to her father, Nanette wrote this caption. This was the day I got out to get the mail and looked up and this man was walking towards me. He just looks creepy. The man is unidentified and nothing apparently came of it. Dan was worried about his daughter's safety living in the rural bayous of Louisiana, so she sent him pictures of her arsenal. I guess the 30 guns. Oh, right. She had one gun in her purse, one gun, a different gun. This is this is what this is a quote. She had one gun in her purse, one gun, a different gun in her car, 
another gun in the house, plus she had a Remington 20-gauge home defense shotgun. And I know there was an AR-15 because she said, this is my baby, said Dan. Well, clearly none of those helped her, so. (laughs) Um, So her best friend, Lori Rando, says Nanette amassed the firepower to protect her from someone a little closer to home. Her brother-in-law, Stephen's brother, Brian Crintel. So... This is a quote from her friend. Mm -hmm. She never felt safe, not even in her own home, because of her brother-in-law. She carried a gun around her with her the entire time. Oh, this is, sorry, this is a question from the interviewer. Because of her brother-in-law, she carried a gun around with her the entire time? Lori said everywhere she went. Question from the interviewer. Do you think he would harm you, harm Nanette? And then Lori said, um... I did not believe it, when, but when something like this happens, you have to think that's a possibility, said Stephen Crintel. Because if that's the case, he or anybody should pay for this. I guess that was Stephen that said that to her brother. Anyways, Nanette revealed her fears about Brian in a series of Facebook exchanges with Lori, saying the night he got arrested, he told Steve he was going to get out, kill us, and then themselves. So I'm going to get into what happened. Um, so when we had conversations via emails talking about Brian and how scared she was of the time, he would threaten her because I think he felt that she was kind of sticking her nose in his family business where it didn't belong. And then the question from the interviewer, why wouldn't Annette claim she felt threatened? Stephen says it could be because of an incident a few years before Nanette's death. He asked you for help one day, but he was drinking and driving. He was drink. Oh, this is to Stephen. So... He was drinking, and the police wound up arresting him that evening, and he went to jail for about a year. And I know that he felt, because Nanette did go with me when we went to the scene that night, and he felt that we bared some responsibility for that. And he had a hard time forgiving us for that, says Stephen. Okay, so what happened was, I didn't write this in there, so I'm sorry, this is kind of confusing. So his brother, so Stephen's brother called him, so Brian. Mm -hmm. He had been drinking and driving. He ended up getting a flat on the side of the road. So they went out there to help him fix his tire and get him back to his house or whatnot. Right. Well, while he was out there waiting for them to come, the police show up, I guess, to check on him or whatnot, realize he's drunk. Yeah. Gets obviously taken in for drinking and driving. But because they didn't get there on time, he blamed them for him getting... Even because though he's the dumbass for drinking and driving, it's their fault. You didn't get and, here quick enough to help me, and I'm in jail now, and it's uh-huh. all your fault. Thank you. And for some reason, he thought that Nanette might have called the cops and told them where he was at to get oh. him in trouble, which she claims. I mean, she claims she pretty, never did that. That would be some pretty like vindictive yes. stuff. She'd have to like really have a grudge against you to do that. Yes. Otherwise, just let you do your own dumb. And why would even act like you're going to go help? Exactly. If that's the case, yeah. You she know? If, if that were me, I would have been thrown a fit. Like we're not going to help him. Yeah. He can go fuck off. Exactly. Um. So that's that's the situation, right. and that's where so it's just stupid, petty family bullshit. And whenever he got arrested, that's when he was telling her that he was going to kill them and then himself so oh. that's why he's a suspect okay that makes and that's sense. why she was scared and she carried a gun because mm-hmm. he had gotten out of jail recently and being when this a brother of her husband yeah. he would know where all of these things are yes. in the house and um so and he literally had just gotten out on parole was at his parents house so steven's parents house mm-hmm. and that's where and they weren't very far from 
them. So that's a very logical suspect. Yes, and I guess he had a monitor ankle on his... He had one of those ankle monitors mm-hmm. on his ankle. And um, this could, this had to have been like... He had to have had several offenses because they don't just arrest you and then put you on house arrest after you get out on parole for just one drinking and driving incident. So this had to have been a yeah. repeated offense for this to have been that dramatic. For him a, to actually yeah. stay in jail for a whole year. Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean... Not to say names, but I know someone who two weeks and was out and had a year of probation, but there was no nothing else. Yeah. You know, like that was it. So not myself just saying that. <laughs> but yeah, so that was kind of the backstory. And I'm sorry I didn't include that. Okay, so oh. Well, here we go. So um Brian look at Jack's face. Lucy was barking. So Brian Crintel has a long rap sheet with 36 arrests. So I guess that makes sense. Jesus for, Christ. Okay. For so petty see, crimes. Look, look at me like knowing yes. things though. I'm Sorry. It was, it's been a few weeks since I did these notes. So that along with those alleged threats made him a person of interest, of course. Yeah, totally. Um, he was a second person of interest. So we had to go back and follow up with our investigation to see where his whereabouts were, said Sheriff Smith. Mm-hmm. And his alibi checked out, and he's still a person of interest, but not at this time. The alibi was an ironclad as the jailhouse ankle bra- bracelet he was wearing. Um, Brian was under house arrest at his mother's house, and security video places him there the day of the murder. So, I oh, this was another thing. Brian, you know, obviously has a thing with video right. monitoring systems. He had nine at his house. Mm-hmm. So, because of the threats and stuff before his brother got out, he went to his mother's house and set up a ton of surveillance. So they videos. were there too yeah. to make sure he wasn't. So they know it wasn't him then. Uh, supposedly. He's still a person of interest because, I mean, he could still have gotten somebody Someone else to, to do, do it. it yeah. but. So, and I just feel like maybe if they physically saw him on the cameras there, but you can trick those little ankle monitors. It's not like oh, it yeah. hasn't happened. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Nanette told her friend Lori she was also afraid of Stephen's son, Justin, that was from a previous marriage. Oh. So Justin was or is kind of a rebel child who doesn't necessarily feel that he needs to be held accountable for his actions, said Lori. This is a question from the interview to Lori. Did the stepson ever threaten Nanette? Um, Lori said, not to my knowledge. Nanette claimed on a Facebook posting to Lori, the scary part is Justin is dangerous and he has multiple guns. Justin was out of state at the time of the fire, and there is no evidence that he ever threatened her. Well, but even so, like, she said a strange man. And she said that she saw him walking towards her at the mailbox, right? Yeah. So I feel And going through her trash. Right. So she would have had, even if she didn't see their face, she would know them enough in their manners. Like, you know, you don't have to see someone's face if you know them to know it's them. Like, she would have had some inkling, like, or at least a familiarity of... I know this person. Right. You but know, it, it could have been somebody that they hired or true. somebody. That is true. Like, but I, but physically Maybe speaking, a husband of one of the, I didn't even think about that till now. Ooh. Maybe a husband of one of the women that he was sleeping with. And maybe he did it to just like enact revenge yeah. on, you fucked up my marriage, I'm going to f- end yours, I guess. Yeah. So like I had said, the surveillance system had been installed at their residence prior to the fire. Um, although it might have captured what happened on the day of the blaze, the recording was damaged, the FBI could not salvage it, the People Magazine Investigates imply that whoever is responsible for Nanette Crintel's death 
had taken steps to ensure that the fire destroyed the surveillance footage. It could also be argued that an intruder would have taken the video recorder instead of risking leaving the footage to be found by the investigators. They still do not know who did it. Who do you think did it? You can tell us in our Mm. Facebook group. (laughs) Yeah, because now I don't know. I mean, like, physically, we can say that none of those logical suspects did it because Mm. they are accounted for. And I don't think the husband did it. I don't think he did it. Physically, maybe. Because a lot of people think that he did do it just to get rid of her. Because she, I think there was, like, some kind of, like, mental abuse to where... He knew she was leaving. He didn't want her to leave. And Actually, like the control, like control thing. Like, he was a yeah. fire chief. There's a lot so of different it would, things. it would be easier to, like, move on with your life. It, oh, my wife died in a fire instead of yeah. I cheated on my wife and I left her. It's kind of like the whole um, uh, Chris Watts. Fucking. Kind of like yeah. that mentality. A lot of people have compared that. That makes sense. Um, Obviously, he was being in the really position, stupid. Yeah, and, be, and this fella being in the position he is has, it, to me, it definitely is someone. I, I feel like it has to be someone centered around the fire department, though. Someone got scorned. Someone, I mean, no, like pen intended, but yeah, someone got mad and knew what they were doing with fire because if that house was burnt. All the way down. Like, there was nothing And there was no evidence, no, like, these people knew what they were doing. Yeah. And they knew, and so, like, like one of my first, you know, little red flags or whatever was, how did they do all of this while she was alive? What was she doing the whole time? Yeah. So they were prepared for that. They killed her before, and then... Burnt everything, mm-hmm. so and probably knew the ballistics couldn't be done on the gun. Right. They had a lot of guns in their house, so it was kind of like, and it could have been, and they probably knew, any, yeah, their they, own gun, and who knows? Interesting. Yeah, it's a crazy one. Hmm. What do you think, friends? Who do you think did it? I think it has to do with one of the girls. That's my best thought. Someone like fell in love, thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna get me Chief Daddy." <laughs> And that didn't happen. She gets to live in that big house. Let me yeah, just go burn, burn it down. down. These are just like theories. Yes. Like we don't fucking know. I don't know these people or their lives. Yeah. Great. Do you want to get into your paranormal yeah, story? Yeah, I have a, well, I mean, okay. So this is like a strange story, friends. And I don't know that we couldn't, we say we're a true crime and paranormal story, but really it's true crime and Things are fucking weird, and we don't understand. Yeah, but paranormal can be really anything. It, it's anything that yeah, there's not abnormal outside to. of the normal realm. And this yeah. definitely fits in the abnormal okay. event of things. So I am going to tell you, friends, about John Teeter, who is a time traveler from 2036. Okay. I think I might know... A little bit about him. I had like heard of ish this, but I feel like I should have heard more of this. Yeah. Because this happened in 2000 and, you know, the uh, internet wasn't like it obviously is now, but. It was a baby. But I feel like, (laughs) yes, for sure. Oh, I learned the other day that. It's like some fun thing to tell your children if you were born before 1999 that you're older than Google. Yeah. That's a fucking weird thing to say. So I've been watching Gilmore Girls and 
although it's kind of like a timeless show, really. It is. Um, <clears throat> it's funny because I didn't realize that this was like filmed back in the early 2000s. So yeah. like the last season's what, like 2006 or something? Yeah. So I guess there's the episode about when Wi-Fi came about. I remember that. And Richard's like, oh <laughs> With my his God. laptop. And he's walking all around uh-huh. the house trying With to get his little laptop. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's showing Emily how she can order Louis Vuitton. Yeah, you can sh- and, and internet shop. Uh-huh. And, and so he's like. She's like, whatever would you do with the internet? He's Let like, me show you. He's like, well, I have Louis Vuitton already up for you. Why don't you take a look? <laughs> and she's like, ooh. It was just funny. I, I just, love. I mean, okay, that show. I know we're totally getting off topic here. But they have such a, like, they grew up together, and they grew old together, and they were so cute, mm-hmm. and they, I know they had, like, some weird, crazy relationship, but they fit. They were perfect. Yes. And he knew how to talk and work her, and she knew how to talk yes. and work him, and they're cute. We haven't gotten to the spinoff season yet, but. No. Almost there, though. It's sad. Okay, so anyways, let's tell you about John Teeter. Okay, so this is, of course, sorry, (laughs) okay, so John Teeter is a pseudonym that was used on several bulletin boards during 2000 and 2001 by a poster claiming to be an American military time traveler from 2036. He made, uh, Teeter made numerous vague and specific, oh, um, let me rewind. Uh, My sources are Wikipedia and psmag.com. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Before I get too far <laughs> into it. Um, but Teeter made numerous va- uh, vague and specific. So some of them were vague and some of them were I very like, specific. vague and specific. So I knew I needed to like break that up real quick. <laughs> um, he, made, yeah, he made numerous kind of vague predictions and then numerous that were very specific in details. And the reason behind that, I'm probably going to get ahead of myself like I do, but um, he, he said that there's kind of like... When you are time traveling and you're going to, like, another timeline, kind of think like the Mandela effect where things are, like, the same but there's subtle differences. Yeah. So he said there's, like, a 2 to 3% differential whatever. So while something he may have said this is going to happen, he says it could happen in this year. It could have happened a couple years later. Depending on, you know, this timeline's variance or whatever happens. Kind of like the butterfly effect. Yes. So different little things are going to be, but whatever that, if that, you know, that timeline matches up enough, those events are still going to happen. Just the specifics of the timing is a little off. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So, um, he, some of his predictions regarded um, calamitous events in 2004 and beyond, including a nuclear war, which, I mean, being in 2021 right now, we can see that that's looming on the horizon. There is a possibility of that happening. Um, I'm not saying that that's going to be what the next war is, but that is... I don't you know. know. I kind of have my doubts on a nuclear war, because I feel like back when nukes were first... Uh, sorry, I'm going to side rail. So back when nukes were... Um, First invented, I feel like that was very, like, we're going to use this. This is what we use, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm thinking it's more than that. I feel like it's going to be kind of like a psychological war is what my biggest thought is. Yes, and they have so many other, like, they can do power grids. They can do internet. They can do, um, they can put out, like, I'm not getting into the conspiracy theories on COVID, I'm just saying it could be kind of like that where yeah. they put out some kind of... Virus that just killed everybody yes. off or puts you in some There's sort of submissive things that mindset. 
I feel like is more effective than just nuking. True. However, I do believe that there are it recently, and I, I'm not gonna say like any specifics because I can't remember, and I don't want to like say something and be wrong and have people say shit. Yeah. But there was a country recently that was testing like nuclear weapons. Yeah. So I think it could be on a minor scale, maybe not like how we have a full blown nuclear war, but yeah. maybe like an aspect of a greater yeah kind of war. You know. Okay. Sorry. You can get back on. No, that's that. fine. Um. But I agree with you. I do think that. That that's not that's not one of our main weapons these days. Yeah. You know, it's definitely on the lower of the totem pole mm-hmm. as far as what we could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can manipulate weather. So just fucking starve everybody, you know. Yeah. I'm not trying to put any ideas out there, but that's very the feasible. Ideas are thing. Already out yeah, there. it's a very feasible <laughs> thing for them to do. Right. Um so he also um predicted let's see blah 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 i don't know so they're basically a lot of people think that this is a giant hoax that i mean let's say that this is real because that's what i want to say is that a time let's pretend let's Let's pretend pretend. because that's what we do here um (laughs) sometimes sometimes we pretend anyways uh let's just live in the realm that this happened you know it would it would be very, I think it's possible. I mean, especially in today's world where we're, we're really opening up and we're really opening up. And, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. I just, I just looked over here. Anyways. Picking at myself. Okay. Um, but, it, you know, today there's a lot of things that don't, more things don't surprise me than do. Yeah. So I can see a time traveler being realistic. And I could see him going from 2036 to, to coming back and trying to, like, warn us. Like, hey, guys, shit's yeah. popping and y'all need to <laughs> quit fucking shit up. And clearly nobody listened because no. here we are. Um, anyway, so people think that this is obviously a complete hoax and someone was just, like, trying to create some sort of, like, online reality kind of like creepypasta shit with yeah. slender man kind of thing and that's what they were just creating this persona to like a fantasy world or whatever and this was like in the birth of the internet so it, it was kind of like a new concept now i mean people do this kind of stuff all the time but back then this was like kind of like when the radio was a thing remember and they did that broadcast where they were telling a story of aliens evading but everyone thought it was real and so they went and like killed themselves and shit do you remember that? No. Oh, yeah. That that happened. Oh. They did like this. Because, you know, back before TVs and stuff, people would gather around the radios and they would listen to stories on the radio. Like, you know, that's what it was. Stories, so it was like not a music. legit story that they yeah, were telling. Yeah, but they, they didn't realize it, was... it because that was, it was like a new thing that they were doing. Oh. And used to, you know, they were just like, that's how they would get their news and everything. They would yeah. just listen to the radio. And yeah, so they thought that this was an actual like broadcasting of this happening and like aliens were invading and. Oh shit. Yeah. And so people literally went and like killed themselves and mass panic and yeah. Anyways. That's another reason why the aliens avoid us because yeah. we do shit like that. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like this is kind of like similar to that. This was like the birth of the internet so yeah anyways yeah um bloopity bloopity blop the first post using john teeter's military symbol appeared on the time travel institute forums um on november 2nd of 2000 and it was under the name time travel 
underscore zero. Okay. So clever. So clever. Just, you know, basic. Mm-hmm. Like It is what it is. He's the time traveler. Yeah. Like, I'm talking he's, about time travel. That's he's zero, not yeah. number one. No, he's like the, the beginning. The one. Like the start of. Anyways. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so at that time, John Teeter was not being used. Okay. It's not a, not a used name. Okay. In this forum. The Post discussed the time travel in general. And uh, I'm sorry, the post discussed time travel in general, the first one being the six parts description of what a time machine would need to have to work and response to responses to questions about how such a machine would work. Early messages tended to be short. A second thread was also made due to shortcomings in the forum software at the time. Because again, this is baby internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so the name John Tudor was not introduced until 2001 when Time Travel Zero began posting at the Art Bell BSS, I'm sorry, the Art Bell BBS forums, which required a name or a pseudonym for every account. So kind of like Facebook, where you have to have a name and not just like a screen name. Okay. Um, so that's where the name John Teeter came, because before it was just Time Travel underscore zero. Gotcha. Um, so the Teeter post ended in late March of 2001. So from November of 2000. To March of 2001 is the time frame from where these posts were created. Okay. And um, so his, some of the posts, like some of the, like, I'm just going to go through some of the stuff that he described in posts, like details of like information from the future or whatever, what he gave. So he claimed he was a soldier sent from 2036. Um, that was the year that a computer virus wiped the world. His mission was to head back to 1975 in order to snatch and grab an IBM 5100 computer, which is like one of those ancient dinosaurs, like the birth of computers. Yeah. Like he had to go back to, maybe that's where it was, why it was zero, because they had to go back to the beginning. Like, we got to start <laughs> all over. We fucked it all up. Imagine that. Um, so uh, that had the necessary equipment to fight the future virus. I guess it was like super, like the Nokia phones, you know, it was like the super duty ones the that dinosaur. didn't break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, he, but he took a detour to the year 2000 because he needed a little break. Like he needed some R&R to chill from time traveling, I guess. Okay. I don't know. And he wanted to visit his three-year-old self. Interesting. Very interesting. And I, like, I pondered on that concept for a while because I was like, my three-year-old self, like, what was I like when I was three, you know? And, like, what would it be like to watch my little three-year-old self playing? And It would be very creepy as an, a man watching Like, a watching yourself. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> uh, I didn't think about the outside perspective. I was thinking, like, what it would be like personally. But, yeah, uh-huh. I see that would be kind of weird. Like, why are you staring at my son, you fucking uh-huh. weirdo? Uh-huh. And then how do you, like... Yeah, how do you explain that... Yeah. Yeah. What is that? It's, um, what's his name? Mar- it's some Marty McFly shit with yeah. your mom. And and then her falling in love with him. That and, was weird. Yeah. And then him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So then he, oh, and obviously he ignored every fabric of time paradox role from any time traveling stories because you don't interact with yourself. No. You stay away. That's like, like what, uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Have you ever watched that cartoon? I know who they are. Oh my god, it's the cute. It's one of the cutest movies. But like they, the whole thing is about the way back and the time traveling machine that they go and they Mm. they go through all these different like eras of time and 
and Sherman turns into a little brat baby with his little girlfriend and they just go off on their own because he is like she's they're trying to be friends because they're fighting at school right so Mr. Peabody invites the parents and the little girl over so they can be friends and he's trying to be cool and impress her by showing her well my dad has time sheen you know like little snooty girl and so they get they go and they get stuck in but then they come back and he like is with it. there's like another version of himself there and they see each other and there's like a rip in time space and okay. it fucks everything up and so all kind of the- like a family guy when Stewie does his shit. Yeah. Or Rick and Morty. I don't watch Rick and Morty. I never could get into that. His like gurgly noises freak <laughs> well, me the fuck out. He's always drunk. Yeah, I can't. And you know how I am with drunks. I just can't. Yeah. I, it's PTSD. Anyways. Anyways. So, okay. Moving along. Welcome back to Welcome us back derailing. To, yeah. Oh, in case you're new here, that's our signature move. It's been a while since we've done it, so you're welcome. But we um, and we were due for a good derail. Yeah. You know, crash and burn. So we're back to 2000, right? So over the next four months, Teeter responded to every question other posters had, describing future events in poetically phrased ways. Um, he always submitted like a disclaimer that while alternate realities do exist. His reality may not necessarily be our reality. So this is stuff that happened in his reality. But like I said, it may not be like 100% in ours. Okay. Um, in between dire urgings to learn first aid and stop. Oh, so basically he's telling you learn first aid and stop eating beef because mad cow is a serious threat in his reality. Do you know what mad cow disease is? Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, and we talk about zombies and shit, and you just turn into, like, some psycho, like, rabid thing when you have mad cow disease. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's real, but maybe we should think about it. Or at least our our meat processing procedures. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So... Teeter provided a number of technical specs regarding how time travel worked with, so basically he gave very complex algorithms and like hard to make out photos of his actual machine, um, which was a 1987 Chevy Suburban. (laughs) was where he had his time machine. It was built into this, kind of like the DeLorean, but Mm -hmm. with an 87 Chevy Suburban. Yeah. Um, And then he also had like futuristic military insignia. So... I don't know, like, I guess he brought that back from the future, like, little, like, I think, like, Star Trek shit and the stuff they wear on their shiny outfits, but I don't know, it's military, so who knows. Um, On March 24th of 2001, he offered his final piece of advice, saying, bring a can of gas with you when your car dies on the side of the road. And he signed off forever and returned home and was never heard from again. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So in 2003, a Teeter fan, Oliver Williams, uh, said some may want to put fan in quotation marks, I guess, because numerous of the unsubstantiated theories that Williams himself is or was, Teeter launched, he he launched JohnTeeter.com, which tracked all the predictions and like all, it's basically like all of the posts that he created and all the conversations they compiled into one website and then okay. all of his predictions so that, like, as things are coming, we could see if it was right or, you know, okay. kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, in 2004, members of George Mason University threw together a 
multimedia rock opera based on Teeter. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically, it garnered over 103,000 hits in 2011. I don't know. Like, I guess some people found it and was like, oh, this is interesting. Years later. Yeah. Um, and according to IMBD, a future-length film about Teeter is in the pipe. Like, it's it's in the works, I guess. They're going to come up with some. Which, I mean, I feel like that this is the time, if any, for that to kind of be a cool thing. Yeah. You know, so I can and see And if anything that. came true, it would be cool to, like, have Have it there. simultaneously, like. Yeah. In, yeah. Um, do to do. So basically what some people think should have just been dismissed as a four month hoax was some like to a nerd was like some, you know, I would have geeked that geeked out on it and been like, let's see if this is real, you know, (laughs) but I'm impatient. So I'd be like, okay, well, if I'm not like, I want to know if this is real, but you're telling me like years in advance, these things are going to happen. I can't wait wait that long. Yeah. Um, but I guess that was, I don't know. No, that was a little after. Never mind. Um, so since the beginning of the mysterious post, Art Bell's popular late night radio program, Coast to Coast AM, which is a nationally, nationally syndicated show that covers pretty much everything that fit comfortably into the episode of the X-Files, had been the go-to place for all things teeter. Like that was like the pot, like before podcasts were a thing that was like, where you talked about freaky shit, okay. I guess. Um, so he, George Nury, who replaced Bell in 2003, was like, he's like, he's carrying the torch of John Teeter. Like, let's continue this obsession into the next generation, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, so he devoted entire episodes on the ongo- ongoing mystery. Um, ask, like, he would have questions come in from callers, like, going back and forth, which I think that would be fun if we got big enough to be able to, like, have callers come in and be like, just talk to me. What do you think about? Wait, wait, I don't know. I think that's what Facebook Lives are for. Oh. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't, I just, to me, I feel like, I don't ever watch Facebook Lives. Oh, I do. I like them. Do you? I definitely don't watch TikTok Lives. It might be because I'm um, like out in the middle of nowhere and um, I can't because it takes forever. I, to load. All the TikTok Lives I come across are very um, questionable, so I don't watch Like them. Thirst Trap-ish? Because no, it seems like, like um, yeah. people that, um, you can cut this out, but like are mentally ill oh. or on drugs oh, and have no teeth. And oh. are pregnant. And so there's just some weird ass people doing Every shit. Every single person. That's lovely. Remember I kept taking screenshots? Yes, of- I remember that now. I'm like, why? Oh, what is this shit? <laughs> All right. Anyways. So. um, So one question that there, one example of the questions, I guess, is there any way that Teeter could be a godsend sent as an angel to warn us? Do you think... Or, and do you think that there's any possibility he was a space alien? I'll hang up and listen. Okay. <laughs> um, in 2006, a lawyer named Lawrence Haber, who claimed to represent Kay Teeter, which was a woman alleging to be John's mother, contacted Nuri. An interview following between Nuri and Kay with Haber acting as a phone go-between. It ended up uh, answering, well, pretty much nothing at all, I guess. Like... They didn't get any more information from that. 
So on that after that episode, the show intermittently tracked Teeter's proposed timeline, looking at current events like tea leaves, or like I guess like looking at them like they're reading tea leaves or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, possible harbingers of nuclear Armageddon. So like bananas and pajamas blowing up everywhere. Okay, but as the false predictions piled up. Many of his descriptions were very vague, and they weren't, like, they weren't disproved, but it was, like, we can't say that it was factual either, because while it, there's a potential, it hasn't happened yet, I guess. Okay. Um. So, oh, he did claim that there would be no Olympic Games after 2004, and so that was kind of, like... Well, obviously, we're in 2021 and the Olympics are still happening. But I will say this. Let's take a look at the last Olympics, right? When I can't remember her name, but the gymnast who basically, like, she quit in the middle of it. But she was getting so much shit because she was so much better than all the other girls that they were telling her, you need to not do these things because you're going to hurt them because they're going to try to, like, outdo you and they're not capable of doing it kind of thing. Okay. Um, did you hear about that? I knew that she had quit, but I didn't, I thought it was because like she had, it was for her mental health. I didn't that know the reason. was like the repercussions of okay. that. Happening. I didn't know. Yeah. The she reason. was like, had, I mean, she was badass. Like she was yeah. like way on a league of her own compared to these other girls. And it threatened everyone in the whole Olympics, everything. And so it was like, it, so it, it, yeah. It, so I'm, it was like, what does she do? If she all, can't, then. right. And so she was just, it was kind of like she took a step back for her team to just go and shine and not, Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I feel like it was just to save the drama. Like, she's just like, this is some shit I can't handle and I'm not able to take this on by myself, so I'm just going to step back yeah. and whatever. Her name's Simone, right? Biles uh, or something? Is some, that That right? sounds right. Okay. Um, I'm not super into sports. I'm not either. I don't. But, the, like, let's take a, I feel like more and more people are beginning to understand that things like football and the Olympics and a lot of these things are a distraction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not No, I'm not I'm not taking away from what Olympic athletes do because we know that they literally dedicate their entire life to their physical niche or whatever and yeah. that's that I'm not taking away I'm not like 100% that they this is real. But let's it let's put it in a rudimentary perspective wwe wf you know what i mean it's kind of like that and i'm not saying that like this is a greater level but i'm saying that a lot of this is it's meant to be a distraction it's not what is conducive for a society that is whole and good and pure does that make sense like, okay, the way that... It's just like entertainment for yes, us. Yes, yeah. it's not meant... It's it's not meant to be a part of our normal day living and, like, life. And right, how- so I feel like people are understanding that, just like more people are understanding that about football. And I know a lot of people are still into football, but a lot more people are realizing that it's... It's the amount of serious. energy that people put into football is absurd sometimes. Yeah. And more people are just taking a step back and understanding that these people make millions of fucking dollars for what? And yeah. a lot of that is fake, too. I mean, within the last couple of years, we've seen that, you know, the Super Bowl and all of these different things are it's all political. It's mm-hmm. all a political thing because everyone's making money off of all this. It, they're, it's just bullshit. 
Okay. Just like most wrestling is bullshit. Oh, it's all scripted. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the Olympics is bullshit, but I'm saying that the same concept of, hey, look over here, Mm -hmm. you know, and focus on this instead of what's really, because that's where all of these things, like if you go look back at the Coliseum days when they would do like the gladiators and Mm -hmm. that's where this whole thing stems from. It was a way to entertain them so they're not worried about all the shit that the fucking government or their rulers are doing to ruin their lives. Yeah. That's exactly what it was created for. And that's what's still going on, but it's just a more modern way that people are like socially acceptable for some reason. (laughs) And I think that that's going to be filtered out eventually because it's already kind of starting to happen. So even though it didn't happen this quickly, I do think that it, it... will happen i don't think the olympics will be a thing people already don't nobody i don't know anyone who watches the olympics i don't watch it i've never i think i watched the olympics once when it was the year that they like completely took over an entire area of a town and like made all these people homeless to build this huge thing that they were just doing for the olympics and then it was completely gone in a ghost town after that they just fucking destroyed everyone's lives and that was the last time i watched it oh Cool. I want to say it was like Russia or something in that vicinity. I don't remember, but it was super fucked up. Yeah. Anyways, super derailment there. I'm sorry. I mean, kind of not though. Um, okay. So, so that was one of the things theory. that, yeah, that was one of the things was that there was going to be no more Olympics. And then, um, so in 2003, the John Teeter Foundation was a for-profit limited liability corporation, self-published John Teeter, A Time Traveler's Tale. Okay. Which is essentially a, it's a copy of all of a message board. It's like a book. They okay. just made a book of all just the posts. It right. all together. Yeah. Um, so I guess currently um, used copies of these books are going for $130 on Amazon. Interesting. So if you have one of those, hang on to it. Especially now that they're making movies about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Italian investigative TV show Voyager uh, took up the case in 2008, hiring a private eye to locate all the folks behind the LLC. And a search led back to the aforementioned Lawrence Harbor or Haber, who was listed as the company's CEO. An investigation by an amateur sleuth, John Houston, um, who also goes by the name Razimus. Okay. Strange. Um, He uncovered a mysterious P.O. box um, in Celebration, Florida, belonging to the LLC. A group of friends from, uh, I'm sorry, a group of friends with some downtime between gigs at their production company checked out the P.O. box themselves but found nothing worthwhile. At some point, the JohnTeterFoundation.com was created, offering some kind of nonsensical secret code to digital passerbys, I guess. I don't know. I know, uh... I guess Houston released another video. This one was 40 minutes long in which he names Haber's brother, Maury, as his prime suspect by using a side-by-side analysis of phrase usage, which I guess, I mean, I guess that could be like, if there's more evidence, okay, I could see that being a piece of the puzzle. Well, you can't just go say, oh, this guy talks like this guy, so that's fake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, that's not enough to say anything definitely um so another thing in 2004 a computer engineer named marlon pullman filed a patent for a time traveler machine that backed that back engineered concepts in the teeter post so someone filed for a patent 
based on the information from these posts. So clearly there's something to it. Because the images, I mean, the images were detailed in how, like, he had drawings of how his time machine. Like blueprints and stuff. So they were able to take that and, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but if a scientist were to look at a blueprint and know what he's looking at, he might be like, okay, that, this makes sense. He's some plutonium. Sure. (laughs) That's, I mean, yeah. Um, but, um, then another round of speculation, oh, this started another round of speculation that Pullman himself was the original teeter poster. And then in March of, I don't know, I'm sorry, I don't have the date, but he was arrested for drugging and sexually assaulting four women, so. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, the, so the search for Teeter then has become more um, strange. Basically, a new piece of information comes out. A tech-savvy kid, like, checks it out and decides, oh, let's see what we can figure out, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's just like a never-ending cycle of stuff that they they can never fully disprove or prove that he was real or not real. Like, there's never been a trail that has led them to any definitive, like, yes, this was fake, or yes, this was not fake. I guess we'll find out in what year? 30? 2036 is when he supposedly, like, came back from the future. Yes, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, but, um, no, 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 no. That's not too much longer. Mm-mm. So I guess um, Brian Dunning, a writer and producer specializing in the subject subject of skepticism, which I really feel like I should check him out because I I'm is like I've said many times as much as I'm a believer, I'm a skeptic first, and I like I like the process of going through and like taking off everything that's logical so that all that you're left with is illogical. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's exciting. Yeah. But you have to go through and check off all the logical things first. Yeah. Because then it's just like, mm. yeah, I don't know if that's real or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like our silly groups. I swear some of the stuff I see is retarded. Don't say that. I know. We'll cut that out. But it really is so dumb. Uh, do, 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 do. So I guess he devoted an entire episode of his Skeptoid podcast to the John Teeter phenomenon. So I'm sure if you want to go and get more information than what I can do on a half of, you know, we we can only do half of a podcast episode on a story. So this will probably give you way more information than I'm giving you if you want to go check that out. But he... um is less focused on the who it might have been and more like, does this have any, like, merit? Like, is this just, like, some silly creepypasta kind of thing? Or, like... Is there actually something Regardless of who or what this came from, is this real? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now that the number... This is a quote. Now that the number of unsubstantiated claims on the internet is somewhat larger than the factorial of the square of all the large numbers ever conceived by... Blah, blah, blah. blah. What? It would be a lot harder to achieve a Don Teeter celebrity. Like, nowadays, it would be a lot harder to, to get away with this, obviously. Um, today, everything posted online gets a healthy dose of skepticism. Basically, like, Snopes, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, like, Photoshop. And there's so many things that you can fake. It's a lot harder to have people believing yeah. these kind of stories these days. But anyways, um, 
And again, no one has ever come forward. Like, I think this is another thing that kind of makes it a little sketchy because in the creepypasta Slender Man scenario, eventually the guy came forward and was like, no, I'm the one. Like, this was for a contest. Yes, it's fake. This is fake. I created this. Like, this is... No one has ever come forward and said, I'm John Teeter. No one has ever come to take the credit for it or, and I feel like, especially after this amount of time, someone would have said something to take credit mind, for yeah, it. Yeah. Like in my mind to say, yeah, I, like I created one of the first internet sensational yeah. store, you know what I'm saying? Like I could see that being a plausible thing, but no one has. So that's kind of weird, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I guess like the this is called the Zigernerk effect, which is where when you don't have the answer to something, it like bothers you. I feel like that's how it is with me and the John Bonet case. Mm-hmm. Because that was like the first true crime case I ever was it was ever brought into my awareness because when she died, I was I think it was like a year younger than her or right around the same age as she was. And it was everywhere. So that was like my first little taste of true crime. Mm -hmm. And I've, that's always been a story that's bothered me was what happened to that, what happened to her? Cause we Mm -hmm. still to this day have no idea. I mean, we have, people have all their like scenarios, but we don't have the concrete evidence of anything. Right. Um, so let's see where we're at. Blah, 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 blah. Um, None of that's really relevant. So basically, if you want to go, you can go to thejohnteeter.com and go through and actually look through. And I probably should have included more of these in it, but time constraints and stuff. Um, You can go and look at some more of his predictions. And I think think that he was on point on a lot of things. But there, like I said, just there's that little difference, like difference in timing. And because he predicted kind of, the government situational thing that we're going towards right now and all of these things that I think are starting to manifest. Like, I think the things that he thought were going to manifest by 2004 are starting to really manifest now. It's just a later timeline. Yeah. And, and because of that, you know, maybe again, this is hypothetically speaking that this man actually did come back from the future. Who fucking knows? I mean, this could very well be fake. It's more probable that it is fake than it is real but let's just fantasize and entertain that it is yeah. um but i mean and again because he's not coming back to his timeline he was going to another timeline to go back and get that computer you know so there are going to be things that are different that aren't going to be exact so and if it's real then hopefully they figure it out how to fix it in the future and yeah. we're saved hopefully he got that computer and we don't have to worry about some massive virus Hopefully it's like the Tomorrow War. Have you seen that? Mm -mm. That's what this whole thing has been reminding me of. Oh. So it has Chris. um, Who was the one that was married to Anna Ferris? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. And it's where a bunch of military people come into um, the past, go back to the past, and are asking for people to jump forward and to fight. There's like these aliens that came. Oh. And they're, like, killing everybody and, like, wiping out the whole, like, population. Yeah. yeah. And so they uh, they came back to the past. To recruit people from, to that's recruit, crazy. To fight so that they could save their future selves. Because it was going to happen in, like, 13 years. So, so it wasn't them, that long. Yeah. So you were actually, like, 
it's kind of like getting jury uh, duty. Like you were but from the future, but you were like, you have to come and fight. So it was just like a no, draft. That's what you're draft. saying. Draft. Yeah. Yeah. But like you had to go. So like women and children got to stay. Like if you had hmm. small children, but then like the dads and stuff would go. And so like Chris Pratt was his, his daughter ended up being like the top person in the military that he's fighting with. Oh, and he wow. like finds out and he's like fighting side by side with her. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, but they that. found out that it actually, spoiler, <laughs> they found out that these aliens actually came years before and they were just like crashed in like Antarctica or something and it started thawing out with global warming. Oh, shit. And so that's how they were released because so they needed to figure out the timeline. So it's kind of like his, how right. he had to go back to 1973. So he could figure out when they crashed. Yeah. And, and so they had to go kill him before they started breeding oh, and they wow. dethawed and then they were able to defeat them. That's crazy. It's a good movie. That sounds like you a good should movie. Watch it. I'll have to watch it. Even though he just ruined it for everyone. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um. But anyways. Yeah. That's kind of, like kind of that. so if you're into timeline stuff and while we're talking about movies though, um, there's two other ones. Man, I can't pause it real quick. Because I know. Okay. So one of them is called uh, In the Tall Grass and you can watch it on Netflix right now if you have it. And it is, um, it's about this brother and sister and the, the sister's pregnant and they're like going to, they're going to San Diego because she's given her baby up for adoption. Like the boyfriend left her. And so this was like the best cause she was young, whatever. Well, on the way there, she gets kind of nauseous and they pull over on the side of the road and they're out in the middle of no- nowhere next to a field with very tall grass, like <laughs> super tall, like taller than humans, extremely tall, kind of like a cornfield, but taller. Yeah. And like some crazy shit happens and they get sucked in and there's just this like whole weird, I'm not going to tell you details because it's bananas, but go. That's a really interesting one. And the other one is called um, Time Trap, and it's about this archaeology professor who goes missing, and his um, his students like knew that he was investigating this cave or whatever, so they go to try to find him because they knew that he was going to look into it, mm-hmm. and he hadn't come back, and it was like their favorite teacher or whatever. And so they go, they find his... They find his, I think he was in a van or maybe they were in a van, but they find his vehicle and it looks like it has been there for like decades. It's all dusty and dirty and it looks Mm -hmm. like it's been abandoned and they're like, what the fuck? Um, But basically it's this weird, like they go into this cave and it's like this cave has its own time cycles. And when you're in this cave, like every minute is almost like seven years of outside. So like what happened is... It what ha- well maybe not like that long but when he was a little boy his parents got lost in that cave so he was going to find and he them. was trying to figure out what happened and then he got stuck in there and then the students come and it's like it's a really really cool movie though like mm-hmm. out of the two I would say the cave uh, what is it called time trap is probably the better of the two but in tall grass is really good too so go yeah. in tall grass is more of a creepy kind of time loop thing think like i don't know like there's murder kind uh, of like murdery kind of thing it's very supernatural kind of stuff and then time trap is a little bit like that but it's more just like scientific kind of thing okay. it's like one's more supernatural one's more scientific gotcha. if that makes sense both of them are good though and, and manifest yes and time oh manifest is a good one that's a weird, i didn't get into it but you should it's great i finally finished the third season and I was like, Whoa, what, what, what? 
Anyways, okay. I, oh, and both of those you can watch on Netflix, by the way. Yeah. Um. So we're going to let Lil Soso jump on and do her little cryptid story here. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you. You always do such a wonderful yes. job each week. Um, if you want to follow us on our social media, you can find us at Instagram mm-hmm. at Literally Disturb Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Literally D Pod. You can find us on Facebook. And we have two Facebook groups on there that you can go find ones. You know, you change the names. I forget. One is uh, Literally Disturbed True Crime and Paranormal Podcast. And the other one is the Literally Disturbed Investigations, which is more like the other one's kind of like obviously everything we talk about on the podcast, like fans and friends. No, not fans. Friends can go on there and we can share stories and mingle with each other and whatever. Yeah. And then the one that's for investigations is more like if you need missing someone, like if you're looking stuff. for a missing person or you have someone that's like, you know, you want to investigate. Yeah, you have a friend that, you know, you're going to go on a date and you don't know if they're going to stab you because yeah. that happens. I actually, I saw this real sad, I don't. I think it was a TikTok or something of this girl that went on a Tinder date and the last footage of her alive was them going up to his hotel room in the elevator and she came down in a suitcase. So, so if you don't want to come down in a suitcase, just let me know before you go on a date and I'll let you know if these people are... Unless Sketchy it's their sketch. first offense. True that, um, but still. Yeah, and if you have a personal true crime or paranormal story that you want to share with us on one of our listener episodes, you can send that into our email at literallydisturbedpodcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and just title it um, listener stories so that we know what it's about. And if you have any story suggestions that you want to hear, uh, true crime, paranormal, send that in too and just have that story suggestion as your title. Yes. Email. But thank you for guys for listening. Mm-hmm. See you next time. Bye. Bye.